0: to the necessary and proper podcast and may it please the may court. may it please the court um yeah so sorry we've been on a little bit of a hiatus this month because i've been traveling holidays holidays um but now we're back on schedule back to our regular scheduled programming January is going to be more regular haven't really looked at the cases ahead um but uh December was a pretty jam-packed month um so we're gonna try to cover as much as we can um it's it's I feel like it's kind of hard too because at least with some of the cases I've been looking at like there have been some really important cases this month especially, like, the SEC. I don't know about more. I haven't really Moore looked is huge. Huge. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it. Like, Moore has gotten a ton of press. Yeah. But, and then also Purdue Pharma, probably one of the most talked about cases. But then, like, the cases, for example, the cases that I'll be talking about today, um, which were Brown v. U.S. and um, McElrath. It's, so it says... The case is it's it's spelled like McElrath, but mm. they everyone everyone's saying McElrath. So McElrath. It's just a weird Irish, American,
1: Scottish maybe, Sc- Scottish perhaps. Um, I think Scottish or Max and yeah, Irish or mixed. I don't know. I think,
0: Ye- I think I could be wrong. Yeah, but that's what's weird is that it's M mm-hmm. C,
1: Elrath. Um, But pronounce Mac. Anyway, so I might
0: just say McElrath, but know that it's referred to as McElrath. His name is McElrath. Um, but I'm not too worried about giving this man the respect he deserves. Um, so it's okay. But yeah, so that's. I think it's kind of hard to strike. A balance between like the cases that are quite interesting like the ones that I'll talk about today because I'm pretty interested in like the criminal cases Mm -hmm. and like the sentencing ones because I just think the stories behind them are interesting like Rahimi and uh, Pulsifer and Mm -hmm. stuff but I think I I don't I don't know it's hard because then there's also the cases that obviously have like way bigger implications Mm -hmm. and um but they're definitely more boring researching that's what i think yes Uh, but that's that's what makes it more important like i'm kind of taking the easy route because that's what makes it more important because these are the ones that are huge but that like and are getting attention but that no one really cares about because they're quite boring um especially like people our age and that's what this podcast is all about exactly um yeah anything else you want any updates anything
1: no, um, I'm just excited to see, um, to hear about the cases that you're presenting today. Um, also, I'm kind of interested in what's happening with Trump and oh, yeah. all of that and how SCOTUS was like, mm, we don't want to deal with this right now. Yeah. And then Colorado then overturned. So like they, they said like, oh, you're not on our ballot. And then SCOTUS yeah. was like, well, That sounds like a you problem. Totally. And so then Colorado reversed it, so now he's back on in Colorado. Is that true? Yeah.
0: What? But now Maine. But now he's not on. Okay. Yeah. This stuff is big. This stuff is big because like Trump's lawyers basically did something like unprecedented and told the Supreme Court, gave basically the highest court in the United States an ultimatum. Yeah. Being like, you, you gotta, you gotta tell us what you think about this by the end of, what was it, January? Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the end of January. And Scotus was like, nah. nah. <laughs> Which is so cool because I feel like the, this is like Trump's court. He appointed um, a bunch of them. And so mm-hmm. obviously he, in his psychotic had probably th- feels like they should be very indebted to him. Yeah. And I think... Honestly, I think that I th- I think I'm getting the vibe that they all are kind of like, fuck you. Yeah. We're here now. Yeah. Um, especially I mean sorry, and to swear, but especially like yeah, I don't know, it's just it's just interesting. It the whole thing so this happened. I think I think maybe we won't talk about it this time, but then also like a big um a big article in the New York Times came out about um, the what well all happened and went down with the Roe v. Wade leak, um, and we might we might talk about that um, either next time or next next time because we've got a lot to cover. But the it is I don't I don't know it it, it just it, obviously some really like some really shady things went on but like the more that I hear about what goes on like with the justices behind the scenes I feel like a lot of this a lot of this podcast is so funny because like even when I was re-uploading those episodes I was like listening to myself be like haha like Gorsuch said that stupid thing and Mm -hmm. actually like these we are Despite a lot of the justices' views, we are in. Um, we are talking about like some really, really smart people, mm-hmm. people that are smart enough to know what will happen yeah. if
1: Trump, um, yeah, gets his way with everything. I also think that there's something to be said of like Trump uh, is kind of like a media circus, and so I think they're like, this is below us. Like this isn't like they feel. Like it's almost like a like gossipy, right? Or like like a like it's totally. not high um No, totally. Yeah. High intellect.
0: Totally,
1: totally. No, like yeah. we don't wanna
0: stoop to your level. Wait, can can I pause? I w- the sound is looks a little weird. I'm gonna pause for a second. Okay, yeah. Um yeah, I guess I'll start talking about the cases that I kind of looked into. Um these like I said, these are cases that deal with sentencing um and convictions and um a y- yeah, the they, s- they seem pretty straightforward. So the first one is a uh, Brown v. US. It was consolidated with another case um that dealt with kind of the same thing, which I'll mention, but um, it kind of got a little bit complicated when I was trying to deal with both of them because they both they both obviously like uh, Im- impinge on the same end result but they have different means of getting there in different yeah. kind of uh, situations so
1: that's how the social media cases were last time and exactly my brain wanted to explode trying to remember everything and like
0: exactly it um it yeah it so th- th- I, this seems like a pretty straightforward case it's about um it's uh this guy it deals with the armed career criminal Act, um, which is basically a sentencing guideline that gives, uh, uh it's it's a sentencing enhancement guideline that gives mm. mandatory minimums for career criminals, um, with firearms. So there are like firearms enhancements, and then mm-hmm. this part of the act specifically that we're talking about deals with, um, like prior convictions, drug. C- offenses Mm. um which is kind of interesting because yeah i i think i i think i understand the firearm enhancements but um this deals with i I don't really understand it's kind of like the first step act it's these two almost like kind of i I don't know how to put them together in my head Mm because the first the the safety valve Act that we talked about with Pulsifer, if you remember yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. who got arrested for um, having a ton of meth.
1: I thought, oh, oh, yeah. Th- he was the one, though, that it was the and or yep. case. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And or or.
0: Yeah. So this is the same kind of thing. It's like, it's like pretty, um, pretty, pretty interesting, juicy backstory, but um, pretty.
1: Pretty boring when it came to Pretty court. Pretty boring
0: when it came to court. And also, like, a lot of, like, textualist, like, arguments that I just went over my head. Um, Anyway, so the whole case is that this guy, Justin Rashad Brown, um, he got indicted in York County, Pennsylvania for... Multiple count. I think he had like a bunch of uh, he had a bunch of drugs that obviously like seemed like he had an intention to distribute them. And then he also um, the big one was that he's a felon in possession of a firearm. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So he pled guilty to the one charge of drugs and as well as the firearm possession and um, intent to distribute. And so the U.S. District Court sentenced him to concurrent terms of 180 months imprisonment due to his prior convictions that had happened years and years earlier. Um, Ooh, which what
1: were these prior convictions?
0: So they were, there was like one that had happened like 10 years earlier where he was like, I think he was found with, it was, it was, called like cocaine base i don't know if. That oh,
1: okay so it's a drug charge Ooh, from these, 10 years these ago. are all drug oh charges. he all had drug charges and then but he did have a firearm when they found him and because he's an ex-felon or a yep. felon yep um, okay
0: so th- it was like it. one cocaine thing but then um one one that happened like 15 years prior where he had a bunch of marijuana on mm, him and interesting the i think that it's I don't know if I have it right here, but I think that it's like it is like if you have three prior mm-hmm. drug offenses, then it's um then you trigger the fifteen year mandatory minimum sentence that's mm-hmm. prescribed in the Armed Career Criminal Act. Mm-hmm. Um, but so on appealing that, um, Brown argued that his prior state marijuana convictions. Oh, so it was two. Sorry. But they shouldn't serve as predicates under the ACCA because those crimes are no longer a categorical match to their federal counterpart. Yeah. so this is where it gets complicated because you're like, Wait, what is that? Like, does that mean that, like, just because um, marijuana is like decriminalized mm-hmm. now? No, so basically, at the time, marijuana. On the state level in Pennsylvania, actually, I think that this, okay, so his he he was indicted in Pennsylvania. That's where the firearm charge happened. Yes. But this marijuana thing, I think, is from Virginia. Got he it. He was caught with marijuana in Virginia, like 15 years prior, twice, or something like that. And
1: it's okay if you don't know, but how old is he now?
0: Oh, God.
1: Um... No worries if you don't know. Um, I'm just trying to see like was he like a twenty year old with these charges, like
0: uh yeah, that's a really good question. Um, to be honest, I never thought to ask that myself. But I think you know, either way, it's like I think by the d- when these charges happened, these were like these were like his first charges.
1: Yeah. You know, like yeah. um And it's they're drug charges and they were both possession. Or with no selling, right?
0: No, 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 no. Oh. Um, yeah. So basically, what it is is that the. Are you looking up his age? Yeah. Okay. But
1: continue. No,
0: I I'd, I'd like to
1: know. Oh. One sec. I can't figure it out right now, but so yeah, I know it's all good.
0: Um okay so basically Oh, he's
1: 31.
0: 31. So th- yeah, I think I think that these charges happened when he was like either late teens or early 20s. Okay. Um yeah. So in a way, I guess he is a career criminal mm. just smoking marijuana all his life. Um Anyway, so the basically The reason they're no longer a categorical match um, is because at the time, at the time, both on the federal and state level, marijuana was like a scheduled blah, blah, blah Mm -hmm. drug. And it, those, those two categorizations match completely. Then in Virginia, like a couple of years later, they made it so that like marijuana is still illegal however like hemp isn't got it so look like they didn't it wasn't like they're like oh no marijuana is legal now it wasn't like it was like in california Mm -hmm. and like this happened like years ago and now marijuana is legal like no matter what if he was caught with marijuana today he would be um,
1: arrested, but it wouldn't be a felony, right? Or would it? It'd be a That's misdemeanor. D-
0: no, I think it would still be a felony because it's not like he has hemp. That's the oh thing. Oh damn! Isn't that so weird? Like,
1: if yeah, I remember hearing about the Texas law. How people in Texas is like, because of the like, if you get caught with a dab pen, you you get taken, and I don't, I think it's a felony, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean marijuana, uh, we're in California, so I, this, (laughs) like, this doesn't make sense to our California brains, but, like, people still get arrested for, like, having weed on them, um, including, like, any kind of THC, but, like, hemp, I'm talking, like, hemp, like, Like clothes. Yeah, like, hemp, whatever, like, it just makes it, so, that's what's weird, is that This whole argument is that the laws that were in effect on the state level did not, um, at the time are now different. And so they no longer match their federal counterpart. Um, but, uh, okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that the federal drug schedules. I'm pretty sure that the federal drug schedule, um, for um, marijuana, changed as well.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. I, I think that did happen. Also, in regards to Virginia and felonies and marijuana, um, it it has to do with how much you have. Yeah. No, it, that so makes it sense. I mission. mean, I th- I, th- yeah.
0: th- I think you'd. Have I think he had a pretty big amount, but yeah, yeah I think, but I overall, think marijuana is
1: like definitely weird now, like even Joe Biden came out and wanted to uh like look at people that are sitting in uh jail or prison with marijuana charges, yeah, because well other places, even in California, I think there's still a lot of prisoners, yeah, yeah, there are guess
0: guess who did that, guess who did that, who Kamala Harris, oh yeah, yeah,
1: um. Yeah, I know but the, and it's like, oh, but like what you got convicted of is now legal. So
0: yeah, I know that that's why like most of uh, the barrier is pretty like on F Kamala Harris. Yeah, because she Kamala really, is she really the took them all to the to the big one yep. back then. Um, okay, cool. Okay, so the petitioner's argument on behalf of Justin Rashad Brown is that. The ACCA requires offenders to be sentenced based on the controlled substance definition at the time of sentencing, Mm -hmm. not at the time of arrest um, or conviction. Um, And that this interpretation aligns with the statute's plain meaning and the here and now approach. Yeah. Where courts determine the elements of the crime at conviction and then they decide if it meets the ACCA's requirements, because I, I mean, I, to be honest, this makes sense to me because the ACCA is a sentencing guideline. Yeah. So he, when he was sentenced, like this is this is when you know this is when you're looking at what the schedules are, and it's funny because the uh, in the oral arguments, like the um the petitioner, I didn't read it, but the petitioner brought up one of the amicus briefs um there were quite a few amicus briefs a lot of them were from like um what is it called like like Mm anti-recidivism activist groups um but then also there was like one um there, there was one for there was one that basically brought up that like probation officers and like state courts it's going to be you can't it's going to be quite like onerous for them to look over like past federal schedules mm-hmm. um, at the time of uh, arrest like and to be pouring over this thing instead of just looking up what it is here and now. And actually it was like pretty funny because uh, I think it was, I think Alito was like but anyone who's like tech savvy i mean not us <laughs> but anyone who is could do that and um, the petitioner was like N- no actually the amicus showed that it took qu- it takes quite a bit of time to do that and um, yeah i mean it's just it's just more bureaucratic bullshit to handle mhm um, but then later when the respondent, and I'll bring up his argument, but when the respondent came up and they brought up the petitioner's argument that it would be too complicated to refer back to past schedules and stuff and that there's actually not one coherent database that holds mm. all of this stuff. It's a really like a mishmash of looking through all of these different databases and th- not... All of them are, like, readily accessible. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. But it
1: also makes so much sense. And
0: they will be, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, they will be. I just get, you know, things are behind. Um, But the respondent, when they asked him this, they were like, oh, yeah, but what about your, I love how they always call the petitioner when they're talking to the respondent. they like, but your friend on the other side. Yeah. You kn- i love very cute
1: yeah my friend on the other side over there so and weird. you know they hate each other too right like they're like mm.
0: yeah um but yeah super super weird um, everyone's a
1: friend amika the Amikas' briefs are like friends of the quarter. Oh, we're all yeah. friends over here yeah.
0: yeah all good um but the respondent was like actually one simple google search will do yeah <laughs> Um, which I don't know. I don't know who's right, but I, I kinda I kind of tend to trust the amicuses. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so the respondents whole perspective was basically that um the United States argues that the ACCA's text directs courts to consider the controlled substances list in effect. At the time of the straight crime. And they emphasize that the ACCA. Is meant to punish past crimes. So the appropriate sentence. Should reflect the crime. At the time of the conviction. Not at the time of sentencing. Um, and yeah. So it it was really. For like such a. For such a pretty straightforward crime. It was like actually a very. Nuanced argument that was kind of just about the application of current law um like mm, like arguing that sentencing courts should use the drug schedules that are current or it's a it's a looking back versus
1: forward looking approach um i i'm one to like that we look at current Right, right. When looking, because then I also think this is a very powerful case when it comes to um, people have passed uh, marijuana offenses. Right, and if this case just says, "Listen, like marijuana, not the same," exactly, then it also helps so many people because mandatory minimums is a lot.
0: Yeah, and also like the whole. Thing about the ACCA is that it's meant to incapacitate only the most serious offenders. Yeah, and so using outdated schedules would like completely ignore Congress's choice to change these schedules. Um, yeah,
1: and probably you know if you look at the intention of why the uh, the ACCA was written is. Like you were saying, recidivism. So,
0: exactly. And then also, um, what's interesting? Uh, we talked about this with Rahimi, I think. Um, but the whole like leniency approach—you mm-hmm. know how the the justices are inclined to use leniency with the defendant mm. um, in the case,
1: which so it would be the United States, though. Right? No, it'd be Brown. Oh, it's United States versus Brown. Well,
0: because Brown is the defendant at the core of the case who is being convicted. Oh, that makes
1: so much sense. I don't know why I thought it was Brown versus you know. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. Like <laughs> you know, like with uh. Yeah, I, I I think that it's definitely one of the cooler approaches that the Supreme Court has because obviously, obviously they're supposed to serve the people it's not really Mm -hmm. um their job to to decide to further punish so they're always going to go with whatever argument um is most lenient on the defendant while still remaining faithful to the text and Mm -hmm. um constitution and choices of congress yeah all right so some of the key questions um from the justice um. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, there was like this whole there's there was this precedent that the petitioner said wasn't like really a precedent, but that Mister that the respondent said was a precedent. It was um this case uh McNeil that basically dealt with the same thing. Um, it was like a cocaine case, but they. to be honest I didn't really look into that much but they were all talking that was one of the things that made this case all the more complicated because I think that it looks pretty straightforward that it's a sentencing um, guideline so you should yeah refer to the laws at the time of sentencing but then there was this precedent that also concerned the ACCA that had to do with looking back at the conviction I don't really understand the facts of that case so I apologize for even mentioning it
1: (laughs) but if this case were to if they do side with Brown then it would just overturn that case
0: well so that was one of the arguments is that um the petitioner Brown was basically saying actually it's not a precedent but it's I don't, to me, it kind of seemed like it was, but <laughs> um, yeah, he, I I don't I don't know if that would go into effect.
1: I I, I don't know. Um, interesting. Yeah. Did we have the um the um prologger? No. Okay. No, this uh. So the U- oh well, I guess the U S is the one. Yeah, no. This guy was uh, Adler. Oh yeah, Adler. Um. I feel like Prologger only goes to the important cases. No, yeah, yeah. She's like, mm, not gonna do it. You can have like one of my helpers. Yeah, and I, I, I'm glad that she
0: wasn't arguing this case because she was like, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm slightly biased towards her because I like her. I like her attitude, and I, I mm-hmm. just just kind of smitten with Prologue. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. So I think I I think I tend to like agree with whatever she says without really thinking about it. But also she's kind of been right so yeah. far. So um yeah. All right. Um yeah, Justice Thomas uh of course straight out the
1: first question first asked. Hit.
0: Yeah. Um he just kind of questioned the backward-looking nature of the statute. Um and uh and was trying to bring up the McNeil case um and how it relates to Mr. Green, the petitioner's arguments. Um and uh yeah, they they all asked pretty they all, all asked pretty um good questions that really didn't direct me towards thinking they were going to go one way or the other,
1: to be honest. Did they talk about, like, the effects of what happens if they... Yeah. what of Brown? If,
0: yes, they did. And, um... Yeah. They did not... They did a little bit, like... Um, Adler did I can't to be honest I can't really remember um, what they meant but the outcome no matter what will significantly impact how prior convictions are assessed Mm -hmm. and will kind of uh, I I don't know I I think they'll kind of change the dynamic of the law and uh, the legislative intent of the law
1: Um, well I hope that they um look at the pa- uh, the the present rather than the past, yeah. And that this becomes a way that we look at sentencing, yeah. Uh, because I feel I think that that's the way to go, and I would like to see a future where that happens.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, what even is the point
1: then? You know, like, what do you I don't know? I thought um, I think they will go with it because they're inclined to protect brown.
0: I think they will too. Um. And it was it was cool to hear like Thomas and Gorsuch were all like really probing this like backwards looking approach um, and yeah yeah I I think I think they're more they're obviously more concerned with the um, potential impacts of any like statutory amendments um, but. All in all, I think um yeah, I, I think they I think they're gonna
1: apply the rule of leniency. So that's uh that's what I think about that. Well that's exciting. I hope that the I feel like the judgment will come sooner rather than later. Like their opinion. Yeah. Um Yeah, so that's gonna be fun to see how they decide. Yeah. Because I think y- we can know that all the um, progressive, the liberals, are going a certain way. They're going to a side with Brown, so that's Kagan, Sotomayor, and um, Jackson. And so all we need, all all they need, is two other people. To I feel like Barrett might. I don't know. Cav or Alito. Gorsuch. I don't. Gorsuch is. I don't know. But I, I have a feeling. I'm kind. uh, Honestly, I was
0: like, I was liking his questions. I'm sick of Gorsuch. Mm. I'm
1: sick of he. He makes
0: like he makes all these little jokes, you know. Like he's always he uses this weird, like sardonic, like condescending tone of voice when he like talks to the um, arguers that I. I really don't appreciate. Have you
1: have you gotten that? Yeah. I, I just don't feel fi- every time he talks. Sometimes I'm like, oh okay, like you. Oh yeah, you're like the the ninth. I feel bad saying that, but he's just like not to me is very. He's not impressionable. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um.
1: Okay. Well, I guess I can just start talking about the next one now okay so what is the next one we're talking about
0: well this one quite if you've if you've ever watched like trial shows or you've ever like listened to like true crime and um and anything like that you might be kind of familiar with the facts of this case i actually don't really have notes on this case i'm kind of just gonna oh just do it freestyle this but um yeah, I have I have the most interesting points of the case and the arguments kind of on the top of my head. But um basically this case is about double jeopardy if And what's the case called? Oh, um McElrath v. Georgia. Um are are you familiar with what uh the double jeopardy clause no, is? No, talk to me about it. All right. Um it's part it's in the constitution it's uh i think 7th amendment okay um it has to do with basically if someone is um not if someone is goes to trial for a crime and they're acquitted they can't be tried for
1: that crime again yes yes i know this yeah yes.
0: exactly so this is why this is why like the um, why some cases, like, you know, if you ever follow, like, major crimes in your area, you're like, why haven't they tried this yet? Mm-hmm. It's because it makes it so that, obviously, prosecutors need to gather as much evidence as they can because they can only get it right once. And if yeah. they don't get it right, then they can't try again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's um, why it takes a while sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the case is still young yeah
0: you got to you got to really the the gears of uh gears of
1: justice sometimes move quite slowly i don't think it's just sometimes it always does. always but then you have to say like you have the right there one of the especially rights especially in this county lake yeah. county <laughs> <laughs> you have the right to a uh, um what is it? A fair and quick trial? Yeah, which is interesting because sometimes it doesn't happen too quick.
0: Yes, and you know who's God in the courtroom? The jury. Yeah. You like even if even if the jury we'll talk about it, but sometimes you might not agree with the jury. Doesn't matter. Jury's always right.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Well, that's why a lot of people. What do they do? Uh, the I know oh, Trump is doing it. Uh, yeah a uh case without a jury. Yeah, um So the judge decides yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. Which honestly I think that I would go juries are so unpredictable. Like it's just Yeah, it's scary. And it's supposed to be like a jury of your peers, but like who are your
1: peers, you know? Like Well I think both of the lawyers get to pick yeah. sex. And so then they interview and then they're like, ooh, I want them and oh, I want totally. them. Oh totally.
0: Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. My biggest uh, frame of reference for like juries, and th- I mean this is a civil trial, but the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, oh. um, yeah, can ever be tried again.
1: Anyway, and then also what I was gonna say one last thing I forgot. Oh, it makes me think about like, like in like the old like Sopranos or whatever when they would be like, okay, let's go after the jurors, and that that was like their way to like, right,
0: right, yeah. You know. All of a sudden these. I didn't finish this but, you know, jurors dead. will just end up
1: dead. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, no.
0: <laughs> oh, no. All right. So, yeah, this case is, this, like we said, Gears of Justice turn slowly. 2012, <laughs> teenager boy, Damien McEl- McElrath, stabbed his mother, Diane. Mm. Um, He washed up. He called 911. And he talked to the dispatcher, and he's like, I killed my mother, but it's okay, because she was poisoning me, so I was right to do it. Um, Yeah, he stabbed her a bunch of times, and they show up. They're like, "Um, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean she was poisoning you? He gets all these psychological evaluations done. Mm -hmm. They figured out that he is schizophrenic, has all these mental delusions. Got it. Um, That's what the psychologist thought. So then a few years later... This is really complicated and this is where you're kind of like, oh, should juries have this much power? So when he was tried for it, the jury found him not guilty by reason of insanity on the charge of malice murder, meaning that he had lacked the capacity to distinguish right from wrong or that his delusions meant Mm -hmm. that he lacked criminal intent. But on the charges of felony murder and aggravated assault the jury found him quote unquote guilty but mentally ill mm. yeah so it makes no sense you're like how can you how how can you how can you say that he's guilty for like aggravated assault but mentally ill but then also drop malice murder um, so like what, sorry, what's malice murder? Malice murder means like, uh, it's e- e- like murdering with malice, like with okay. bad intent. So, yeah. Which, yeah. Um, so then the other charge, felony murder and aggravated assault is basically just the one where like you, you did the thing. Yeah. You but know, it like wasn't manslaughter. Exactly. <laughs> um okay so then the Georgia Supreme Court reviewed the case um after the judge was kind of like I don't know what to do
1: with this um and so he never they never fully came to the decision
0: well yeah they came to the decision they they so he was tried for all these like charges yeah. you know how they don't yeah. do like count one mm-hmm. like so they That's what they decided. The jury decided that he was not guilty for malice murder. But for some reason, he was also tried for felony murder and aggravated assault. And on those counts, they found him guilty but mentally ill. Um, All right. So the Georgia Supreme Court reviewed the case and it said that the conflicting verdicts were so illogical as to be repugnant, which is for some reason like, I think it's a Georgia specific thing because no other from what I found, no other state Supreme Court has said like that a case is repugnant and that like um, therefore they could try McElrath again, McElrath again, mm-hmm. which is what the Georgia Supreme Court said. The Georgia Supreme Court said mm-hmm. it makes no sense. It's repugnant. Therefore, we're going to try McElrath, McElrath <laughs> um, again on all three charges. And that because it's repugnant that it, it creates an exception to the US Constitution's double jeopardy clause, which like I said, says that once someone is acquitted they can't be retried. Um, yeah so then then that's what basically um, uh, but
1: how can they do that
0: right okay how can they well, Apparently, there's a thing called repugnancy or whatever. I don't know if so. It's they're like gonna a codified basically law? say repugnancy
1: or repugnancy is um, unconstitutional. Is that what this?
0: Well, that's what.
1: Or I is it that constitutional I or unconstitutional? I, exactly. Is what the question is. Asked.
0: Exactly. McElroy is basically saying, like he's citing double jeopardy, and saying you guys can't try me again. Um yeah, so basically, um in the arguments,
1: uh And McElrath is the plaintiff and George is the defendant in this? Um let's see It's McElroth v. Georgia, right? Not Georgia v. McElroth. Right. Okay, perfect. Then he's going after Georgia.
0: Right, exactly. Because he's going after Georgia because they decided that he'd be retried um, for all three. So basically, like from what I gathered from the oral arguments, it seemed like judges, all the justices across the whole ideological spectrum, seemed to say, once someone has been acquitted they can't be retried um Mm -hmm. and this is like this is a massive thing you know it's like i think as we've seen the justices are very very hesitant to go against any um really like it's not even just that it's like the constitution but it's like the i don't I don't know how to explain it. Okay, like Gorsuch, um, as he put it, he said, 230 years in this country's history, we have respected requittals without looking into their substance and without looking into how they fit with other counts and said mm-hmm. a jury is a check." on judges it's a check on prosecutors it's a check on overreach Mm. it's a part of our democratic system and we do not ever talk about whether they make sense to us Mm. so this is the thing like this is why the jury is the most important thing because it doesn't matter if you agree with them or not it's a it's basically a check on every other part Mm -hmm. of the um court process yeah and This is the thing. I mean, as we know, like the um, courts and justice in this country are very, very flawed. Mm -hmm. And so juries have the job of like whatever they say is right. You can't blame the government. You can't blame the courts Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for, um, you know, like a certain... Um, outcome, outcome. Mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah. So an acquittal is an acquittal is an acquittal since time immemorial.
1: Well, I think the, the I would expect the justices to act this way. Yeah, I'm or but, but because, or at least because everything for them is like whole tradition for history sure. for sure constitutions like that's that's the whole like that's everything i know exactly um it, but i also think they have a little bit of an ego too where they're they like they they're do. like georgia supreme court have you ever met me the mm. united supreme court like no, who do you think you are sure.
0: for sure and that's kind of like that that's kind of my thing with gorsuch like i'm kind of like do you have to say it like that? You know, like he always says things with such like you stupid little aunt for stepping in here into my court. Yeah, well he he is of that
1: generation.
0: No, he is my yeah, libertarian <laughs> <laughs> justice warrior. Um anyway, but the Solicitor General, um on behalf of uh, Georgia, the Georgia Solic- Solicitor General was basically saying that it's not even an acquittal; it doesn't it doesn't um, it doesn't strike the double jeopardy rule because uh, under Georgia law, a jury can't issue even special alter- affirmative findings that facially contradict each other. So she's saying that it's actually not like um there's there's no acquittal in the case that like makes it so that the retrial strikes double jeopardy because that like the outcome didn't even make sense and that they can't they can't issue these like mm-hmm. contradictory
1: um, yeah, but I understand that, and maybe I'm too Gorsuch, but th- at the end of the day, no. yeah, like, the Constitution's number one. And what, who, who, how is, is it je- your
0: place Georgia. to say, like, whether they're, you know, if it made sense to to the jury, yeah. then maybe that's, like, all you're supposed to know.
1: Yeah, and but at the fact it's like, well, you know, it's not double jeopardy because in Georgia, we have this rule. It's like, well, double jeopardy is for is a like that's a national rule. So maybe your Georgian law is not constitutional.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, at the same time though, like you got to just like that
1: I didn't thought I thought states didn't have that power. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you mean? I thought the states couldn't enact anything that goes against the United States Constitution.
0: Yeah, but they're saying that it doesn't. They're saying that it doesn't because, um, because it does this weird repugnant thing of mm. like, like, it's the whole, how can a defendant be both sane and insane? You know, like how can. I Mentally
1: ill and insane.
0: Yes, but in ho- a whole insanity plea basically says you're not guilty for the crimes that you committed at the time that you were insane because you were insane. So how can you be, how can you be like let off mm. because you were insane, but then still charged because you were culpable, but mentally Ill- like it just, it, it uh,
1: I, I see it as it really he's doesn't insane. Make sense. So he's not able to commit a malice but he still murder. Did it. Yeah. He's not able to get in touch with that malice side. So yeah. you're too insane to commit a malice murder. But you're, I guess, no, No, you're you're right, you're right.
0: I know, I totally get that. And I think I understand, like, where they were coming from. But you look at every single other case where there has ever been an insanity defense that has, um, where the um, defendant has been uh, acquitted. And it's, you know, you might, like, stab your girlfriend to death, like, a hundred times and it doesn't matter. If you were insane at the time, then you're not guilty. You're not, gui- and you you're can't not be guilty on trial, of intention, yeah. and then you're not guilty of the actual yeah. act.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I don't agree with the jurors. I'm just saying. I, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I just don't understand how Georgia has this repugnancy thing. Yeah. Um, All right. So w- we know what Gorsuch says. What do the others
0: All right. How Kagan, are they? Everyone else seemed pretty, like, pretty on board with. Uh, Macrath, they said when a jury Kagan said when a jury came, comes back with inconsistent verdicts we don't really know what happened um, I mean one possibility of what happened is the jury made a humdinger of a mistake <laughs> and another possibility of what happened is that the jury made no mistake at all but instead decided to compromise something out or decided to show leniency of a kind that mm. is within the right of a jury to show yeah. um uh Ketanji Brown-Jackson added, even if we know that they're inconsistent, so what? I mean, the point mm-hmm. is that we've said a jury can issue inconsistent verdicts. Mm-hmm. Quote. Yeah.
1: So um, I think they're all going to side with McElrath and uh, Georgia Supreme Court is going to get a little slap on the wrist or probably more now. No one. Li- I feel like the yeah and then they their repugnancy repugnancy
0: yeah repugnancy
1: yeah will be gone and deemed unconstitutional
0: right yeah so i i think they're gonna side with um malkarath um and it's also it's also about the leniency stuff you know Mm -hmm. like it's not only about like whether it's like constitute like this this case really doesn't seem as nuanced to me as a uh, brown yeah. but at the same time yeah I don't know it just yeah it is it is an well it's it's, one, it's, it's
1: but the reason that McElrath is going after Georgia it's less to do with like his outcome like it's not about like whether he was schizophrenic or not schizophrenic or whether it didn't make sense. It's h- that him going to Georgia and be like, "Yo, you can't do that."
0: No, for sure. But also, they were going to try him again for all. So, what if he went to court again and they found him guilty on all three charges? You know, then he'd be
1: effed. But you can't try someone again. All right. Yeah, sorry. but
0: that's that's what he's saying.
1: No, I know. That's, that's why I side with him. That's why I can't see what Georgia thinks.
0: Totally, they yeah. should just
1: split off from the United States then, if they no, want to no. like have their own rules that don't follow the Constitution.
0: No, you're right. It's it's unprecedented. Mm. Um, and they're the only
1: state that has these rules.
0: The they're the only state. Yeah, they're the only state where this is like really happened.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think the opinion is going to be all based off of like Georgia. You can't do this. This you're, you you or that this whole thing is unconstitutional um O'Rath, go do your time for aggravated assault and murder
0: i'm kind of thinking um, i'm kind of thinking either gorsuch or um, maybe kagan mm-hmm. write the opinion mm. um, if there was any dissent i think maybe Maybe it'd be Kavanaugh, Mm -mm. but that's just because he was really like questioning, um, like he was, he was really questioning what would happen if, um, he, he was going more into like what would happen if, uh, Georgia lost, um, and like what would happen to, um, like his charges, uh. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't I don't
1: think I I don't I think this th- th- I thought this was a different case from the other. Yeah. Yeah, so th- it shouldn't have any effect on it or does it? I don't know.
0: No, it would because if if they sided with Georgia, then he would be retried.
1: But if they don't side with Georgia, yes. What happens?
0: Then he's uh he's
1: just does his time for aggravated assault and murder.
0: Yeah. Yeah cool yeah so it's kind of all I have to say about that that's
1: interesting it's a fun one they probably wanted a day off so they took that case
0: yeah no actually they they heard it on the same day as Wilkinson mm. Wilkinson is an interesting case maybe I'll I'll, I'll try to talk about it um uh, maybe I'll try to fit it in when I talk about Purdue mm-hmm. but um it's basically a case about like this uh This immigrant overstayed his visa, and when they tried to deport him, he was like, "No, I overstayed my visa because I was in clear and present danger Mm. where I was back home." And basically, the clear and present danger that he cited was that he was part of a gang. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty interesting case that has to do with like deportation, immigration, but um, and they heard it on the same day as this, but I just I just haven't really gotten into it that much. So yeah, for another day. For mm-hmm. another day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I cool. think that's basically it for those two cases.
1: I think it should be it for the episode. Yeah. How my do you feel?
0: I agree. My kind of state of the union right now is I'm, like I said, I'm still on my Amy Coney Barrett train. Um, love it. Love hearing her voice. I'm, I get excited when she speaks. Mm. Um... Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm kind of on the F. Kavanaugh and Gorsuch train.
1: Ooh, I'm gonna bring it right back onto the Kavanaugh train after my. Interesting. Can't wait.
0: You know who I'm. You know. Oh, who and you'll
1: still love Barrett.
0: Yeah, Barrett. Good. K- Good. Kagan's kind of wearing off on me, but we talked K- about that last Kagan's time. Kagan's wearing off on me. I'm i l- I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit iffy about um Brown Jackson.
1: Yeah, I know. Me too. But. I just wish say. she did more.
0: Same with. Uh, yeah. And then it seems Thomas young. is just like a whole nother.
1: And Alito too. Yeah. Alito. I wish Roberts did more too. Alito I
0: literally forget about all the time. Really?
1: Yeah. You're not f- going to forget about him after this. Amazing. After more. Okay. Okay. Well, Let's until next time.
0: Until next time. Oh, it's respectfully.